0: Doc Talk is brought to you by Merck Animal Health. By integrating the comprehensive animal health product portfolio of Merck Animal Health, with the innovative technologies of all flex livestock intelligence, we are shaping the future of animal health, resulting in more effective solutions and healthier animals. Hey folks, welcome to Doc Talk. I'm Dr. Dan Thompson, thanks for joining me. We're gonna talk about heat stress. We're gonna talk about clinical signs, prevention, treatment, Thanks for joining me. I hope you enjoy the show. Hey folks, welcome to Doc Talk. Dr. Dan Thompson here. And we're going to talk about heat stress in cattle. And it's something that we go through every year. It's something that we have a lot of questions about. There's been a lot of work done on this area. And yet, sometimes we don't tie it all together. So today, what we're going to try to do is talk a little bit about You know, how do we determine when heat stress is going to occur? We're going to then talk about some of the clinical signs that you can tell whether your cattle are suffering from heat stress, whether it's cattle out on the pasture, cattle in a feedlot, maybe it's a show calf that you're taking uh, into a show this summer. Then we're going to talk about ways that we can prevent it. And then if it happens and we get an animal that's severely heat stressed, we'll talk a little bit about how to treat it. Great topic, uh, thanks for joining us. So when we talk about heat stress, typically what we've talked about is right here, the thermal heat index, and you can see this chart that shows the, the, as temperature and relative humidity increase, we increase the thermal heat index. Now, as wind speed increases, wind speed will decrease the thermal heat index. So thermal heat index is calculated by using three different measures the temperature as temperature goes up the heat index goes up as humidity goes up the heat index goes up but as wind speed goes up the heat index drops so those are the three things that we use to calculate that is just kind of a temporary uh, at the moment type of heat index so at any point in time during the day we know what the thermal heat index is the, 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 the thermal neutral zone of cattle is between 59 and 72 degrees Fahrenheit. So when we go into a thermal heat index between 72 and 78, we start to see mild stress. When we get between 78 and, and 84 or 83, we start to see heat stress in cattle. And then as we go above 84, we'll get into the danger and then when we get above 98 uh, degrees on the thermal heat index, that's when we'll start to see animals die from heat stress. Now, the new way of looking at this, so, so thermal heat index kind of gives you the danger zone, the caution zone, and, and the extreme danger zone. And, and what we have to understand is that what is imperative in heat stress in cattle is that they have the opportunity to cool down at night. So cattle will tolerate heat during the day and they need to cool down at night. So when we look at the thermal, uh, the, the thermal heat load index, the thermal heat load index is an indication of when cattle are building from the thermal heat index, they're building heat in the body. And if they don't get to cool down at night, they'll retain that heat. And the next day, if it gets hot again, they'll continue to accumulate heat in the body. And so then it may take two or three nights before the animals cool down to a point in which we can actually work them or do something with them. So we have thermal heat load index. We have an accumulated heat load. We'll talk a little bit more about that as we come back and we get into some of the things that you will see cattle starting to exhibit clinical signs of heat stress. Hey folks, welcome back to Doc Talk. Dr. Dan Thompson here. We're talking about heat stress in cattle. So it's, it gets a little bit confusing because the terms are somewhat similar, but we have thermal heat index, thermal heat load index. Thermal heat load index is the same as the thermal heat index. The only difference is it takes into account the sun beating down on you. And so we have what we call a black globe temperature that's also incorporated in that. Regardless of that, whether you use THI or TLI, we build heat load in cattle during the day. If the temperature doesn't drop or if the humidity stays too high at night and the cattle can't dissipate heat and cool down, then we're gonna see an accumulation or the accumulated heat load in the animal's body. And if we have two or three nights where we don't get cooling, that's when you really need to pay attention and watch your animals out on the pasture or, or cattle in the feedlot of continuously building heat load and then get into the danger zone of, of those. And so that's what really worries me is about stringing those two or three uh, days with no night cooling together. Now, another thing is if you've had severe rainfall and then we turn into a hot period, remember, humidity increases the thermal uh, heat index. Well, the humidity from the ground and the mud where those cattle are closer to can increase in that micro environment relative to what we feel outside the feedlot with no mud. So be aware of, of that. So how do cattle dissipate heat? Well the best way that cattle dissipate heat is they give off heat just like we do through their body surface. And people will say well cattle don't sweat and that's not true because a lot of their cooling does come from sweating and cattle sweat in their their armpits and their groin is where most of the sweat glands of cattle are located. When we see cattle starting to open mouth, breathe, and pant, and, and that's what everybody says, well, cattle uh, cool themselves through evaporative cooling. When we start to see cattle open mouth, breathing and panting, they're, they're in heat stress, distress mode. They aren't down, but they're starting to suffer from, from high thermal heat index, high humidity, high temperature, low wind speed, okay? And, and so, The first thing we'll see is is cattle will start to hover around water. They'll try to catch a breeze. They'll spread out in the pen. They'll try to find shade. Uh, Different things of behavior is what we'll see at at the beginning when cattle start to feel discomfort from heat stress. Then we'll watch those cattle start to, once we start to come into the, the pen and see those animals starting to pant, that's when the animal and the panting mechanism is kind of neat because it moves air in and out, which then helps with the evaporative cooling in the respiratory tract, which then helps cool the body. But 80% of the body's cooling comes from heat being released off of the surface. Only 20% is from this evaporative cooling. When we see that evaporative cooling, the reason why the animal takes short breaths because if it takes big, deep breaths while trying to cool, it would hyperventilate. Who thought? So the good Lord in Detroit designed these animals to cool themselves just like a dog panting or a cow panting, short breaths, evaporative cooling. If we have things such as respiratory disease, it could impair that animal's uh, ability to cool itself, and and some of those animals will drop out when we have uh, heat stress. We're gonna come back, we're gonna talk a little bit about what you can do to prevent heat stress after these messages. Hey folks, welcome back to Doc Talk. I'm Dr. Dan Thompson at Kansas State University. We're talking about heat stress. So, which cattle have the highest risk? And those are our black-headed cattle that are finished or our fat cattle. Okay, so finished black-headed cattle would be our if we were if we we're going to prioritize animals within a feeding facility. Those would be the ones of highest priority of placing an extra water tank in the pen or providing more shade for our five-weight, six-weight calves can tolerate more of this than our, than our finished cattle can tolerate. So once we have identified the animals that we're going to prioritize, now we need to start thinking about ways that we prevent it. In feedlots, building mounds in the wintertime are there to give cattle a dry place to lay down. Well in the summertime, those cattle can go up on the mounds and they can catch a breeze over the top of the pens. So mounds can be a positive for helping prevent Heat stress. Another thing that can prevent heat stress is mowing. Uh, going out around the pens, knocking down the weeds, making sure that we have the, the weeds knocked down to increase airflow. When I'm thinking about heat stress and alleviating heat stress, I'm thinking about how can I increase ventilation, uh, pin spacing. You know, if we have cattle that are in holding pens, we want to make sure that we open them up to give them more area to catch and give them more space so that they can catch. Um, a breeze. Water tank space. Water tank space is a premium. Cattle will drink a lo- Cattle drink three times their dry matter intake in the spring, winter, and fall, but they will drink five times their dry matter intake in the summer. So providing lots of, of water tank space is is really, really good. And with some of those heavier cattle during heat stress events, we'll actually put water tanks in the pen, some of the big silver water tanks. If you get them too big, that water will get hot in there. So we keep them small and refill them uh, frequently or put a float on them. Okay, mounds, uh, water tank space, wind airflow, shade, and, and bedding are another two. For shade, cattle require 20 square foot of shade per head. So if you're gonna build shade for cattle and you build it too small, you'll wind up with cattle trying to crowd in that shade. You'll get a mud bog around there and you'll wind up starting to get foot rot issues and and things of that nature. We wanna have 20 square foot of shade and we wanna align that shade in a rectangle north to south so that when the sun comes up in the east and moves to the west, our shade moves in the pen and we spread out and we don't get urination and defecation in one area and we wind up having a drier area all the way around for the the cattle in the yard. And lastly, bedding. We think about bedding in the winter when it's raining and when it's cold and when it's muddy and we put bedding down for the little guys. And, And to be honest with you, bedding can work just as well in the summer. When we have heat stress events, like let's say it's 90 degrees outside, If it's 97 degrees outside, the dirt floor can be 140 degrees because of that radiant temperature of the sun. You know, you've seen it on TV. They say, well, it's 97 degrees today, but it's 140 down here on the field. Same way with the pin surface. So we'll put six inches of straw out to let new calves lay down on, and that will actually provide them a cooler place to lay and, and drop the temperature of where they're laying by 30 or 40 degrees Fahrenheit. Just some of the things you can do. However, I can increase airflow, increase water tank space, um, provide shade, shade to, to alleviate radiant heat, and bedding to give those animals a place to lay down. When we come back, we'll talk about treatment of heat stress. You're watching Doc Talk. Hey, folks, welcome back to Doc Talk. Dr. Dan Thompson here. We're talking about heat stress. And when we think about heat stress, we've talked about, you know, when it happens, what cattle look like when they succumb to heat stress, and then the last one is how we can prevent it. Now let's talk about if one of your calves or feeder cattle would succumb to heat stress, what should you do? And if we have an animal, the first thing is is you're going to notice that it has really labored breathing and and panting and and stumbling. And those animals that, that are in heat stress distress we want to get make sure that we coat them with water. Now, if you go out and you have a pen of cattle that has heat stress and you hit them with water and spray them down to cool them down, once you make that commitment, you need to do that until the heat stress event is over. If you stop doing it, you can create more damage than good. So if you hit them once, you need to keep doing it until the temperature subsides and, and we cool off if we're going to take an animal that is suffering from severe heat stress, the first thing you want to do is cool that animal's body and we want to make sure that we hit it with the garden hose, balser tank, whatever, and make sure we cool that animal down on the outside with the water and we get the evaporative cooling off that, simulating the sweat uh, off of the entire body surface, not just where the sweat glands are located. Some veterinarians recommend a, a shot of dexamethasone at that time. It's an antipyretic, meaning that it decreases body temperature. Uh, Work with your local veterinarian in that that scenario. Once you have an animal, if you have one animal that goes down from heat stress, you can be assured that you have an issue now in other cattle across the feed yard, in your herd, uh, providing emergency shade, providing emergency water. Sometimes uh, putting a silver tank in the corner is not enough. We'll actually put plastic lining over our feed bunks and put sandbags at the end and we will increase the the uh, sandbags and, and fill the feed bunks with water. So there are many different things that we can utilize to provide more water, to provide more uh, uh, air movement, and to provide shade. Those are our big things that we're going to do that. and Remember, prioritize in the pens that have the heavier dark-hided cattle. Those are the ones we want to work with first. Now, we've talked about thermal heat index to, pre- to predict heat stress events. The USDA has an app to go to this app and have it on your person, on your phone, where you can punch up what the prediction is for today, tomorrow, the next week, for heat stress for cattle in your area. You can actually look at a map. Great app, great work by by USDA. So we can use that to predict. Remember to, to look for cattle that are panning. If we have a lot of cattle panning across the feed yard, that's when we really need to focus on, on prevention methods, making sure that weeds are knocked down, make sure we have adequate water tank supply, adequate water pressure to keep up with the cattle drinking more. Remember they drink five times more in the summer than of dry matter intake, relative to three times dry matter intake in the fall, spring, and, and summer. And then lastly, um, you know, making sure we want increased airflow, shade 20 square foot per head, d- to decrease temperature and, and the radiant uh, heat from the sun, but but focus on airflow, shade, and water and watch for night cooling. If we don't have night cooling for two or three nights in a row, you really need to be concerned about the accumulated heat load. That's trying to tie it all together for heat stress. Thanks for watching Doc Talk. Remember, if you want to know more about what we do here at Doc Talk, you can go on the web at www.doctalktv.com. Always work with your local veterinarian. I'm Dr. Dan Thompson. Thanks for joining us today, and I'll see you down the road.